Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the greatest dentist in the world. Why don't you go to him? For God's sake, take control of your dental health. 317-849-2933. Dr. Mike's the best. His office right up there in Fishers. Great people, great dentistry, great smiles coming in, great smiles going out. 317-849-2933. The Ravens somehow are three-point favorites against the Colts. I told you this had happened. I, I've really got a guard against this for me, for myself. I'm sure you do too. After we saw what the Colts did to the Detroit Lions, winning 41-21, putting pressure on everybody throughout that game. That's how you win in the NFL. You put pressure on the offense. You put pressure on the opposing defense. The Colts did that at a really high level, and they blew out the Lions. Took control of that game, asserted themselves more and more and more as the game went on. Now, what are we doing? Colt, they're 5-2. and two. The Lions, they're not a very good team. And all of a sudden, we're believing, we're creating the hype in our own heads that the Colts are better than they are. And we believe that the Colts should be favored in this game because the Ravens are coming off a loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Colts just bludgeoned the Lions. So how are the Colts not favored in this game? We, and this is what we do. We create our own little narrative where we now believe that the Colts are one of the best teams in the AFC and that they should, in their home stadium, take care of business against a really good football team that can put pressure on you in a variety of ways. They run the football. This is the number one rushing offense in the NFL, playing against, though, the number two rushing defense in the NFL. So it's strength on strength. The Ravens are not going to have Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Humphrey, a terrific cornerback. A guy, he's got two and a half sacks. He's got an interception. The Ravens only have three interceptions on the season. Colts have 11. We'll see what the Colts can do in this game, right? It, can they expose whoever that backup cornerback is going to be? Can they keep the pass rush, which is a, a really, really novel... They, they rush the passer in a variety of ways. They bring corner blitzes, safety blitzes. They got linebackers coming from odd places. They are really creative in bringing pressure against opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting to see because their strength is that pressure. And then their strength on the other side of the ball running the football. The cold strength is keeping pressure off of Phillip Rivers and stopping opposing running attacks. It's strength on strength all over the place. This is going to be a fascinating game. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. These next four games are going to tell the tale. We've said it from the beginning of the season. These four games going to tell the tale for the Indianapolis Colts. If they split them, they're in good shape. If they're seven and four going into December, that's a wonderful place to be. Two and two is okay. So a loss this Sunday, I, I'm not telling players this. They got to go out and play and try to win this game, win them one at a time. But for fans, a loss this Sunday, not the worst thing that could ever happen. Don't don't think, oh my God, the sky's falling if they hang an L this weekend. That's all I'm saying. I think the Colts have a good chance to win this game. Going to be interesting, more interesting than Sunday's game. Sunday's game was uh, not interesting from a football perspective, really. 
But from a fan perspective, I mean, I love games like that where you're really not worried about a damn thing. Once that pick six happened, once Kenny Moore took it to the house, that game was over. You could see the life drain from the Lions, and that's exactly what happened. Matt Patricia looked like, um, man, I just don't get it. Guys who coach under Belichick buy no emotions on the sidelines when they become head coaches. They're, they're just dour, and they got the pencil stuck behind the ear, and they look like they'd rather be doing anything. They look like they're, they're about to sit down to do their taxes, not coach football. I think that's part of the problem. Indiana against Michigan at Memorial Stadium. It's a shame that there aren't going to be fans there because this would be pretty raucous. IU 2-0, Harbaugh coming in. You got to figure that the Hoosiers, they got a chance to win this game. The way this season has kind of played out so far through a couple of weeks in the Big Ten. I'd love to see that. The Wolverines, of course, they're favored. They're minus three and a half. The over-under 51 and a half. I think a lot of points are going to be scored this weekend. I got to tell you the truth. We'll consult the orb on Friday. But I think this Saturday, a lot of points are going to be scored down in Monroe County. Uh, the NFL has suspended Javon Wims for two games for punching inexplicably punching a New Orleans Saints player in the head twice. And and didn't just, it wasn't like in a scrum and hey, 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 walked up to him, kind of announced himself, punched him in the head, then looked at him and punched him in the head again. He got thrown out of the game. Now he's been suspended for two games. The, the Bears, they lost that game in overtime to the Saints. You got to fire Wims. You cannot have a guy like Wims on your team if you want to win games because that's a guy whose lack of discipline emotionally is going to cost you and cost you and cost you and cost you. You can't have it. Bears, they need to fire him. Uh, Plus, he's got five receptions in eight games. Good grief. Goodbye. Uh, John Lester's bar tab on Division Street, $47,000, including a 34% tip, making us all look like complete total pikers where it comes to uh, gratuity. Uh, he bought 4,838 Miller Lights, according to his own uh, tweet, at, at bars like Butch McGuire's and The Lodge on Division Street, which I highly recommend, by the way. Uh, evidently, Tim Floyd spent a lot of time there when he was a coach for the Chicago Bulls, including, according to stories, uh, he'd get run out of games so he could go meet friends. He'd get ejected from NBA basketball games where he was the head coach of the Bulls so he could meet friends at the Lodge. I've never heard of anything like that. Like maybe in the 40s or 50s, right? You know, where where guys are making 12 grand or something. They're like, out oh, of hell with it. These guys don't want to play. I don't want to coach them. I'm going to the bar. Not in like 2000. What are you doing? Um, it's so, But that's his... Perhaps that's his thank you to Chicago. Perhaps a goodbye. The Cubs, they declined to exercise the option to keep Lester at a $25 million tab for 2021. And so Lester becomes a free agent. He may negotiate a lower uh, price deal. He was guaranteed $10 million. So the buyout was $10 million bucks. He's walking away with 10 large, I think really large. He's going to be okay despite the $47,000 bar tab. And a good dude. Drove me nuts. You know, running counts full on guys. He never gave in. But he 
when he got to the Cubs, when he and Joe Madden became Chicago Cubs, that franchise changed. And, and Lester was a big part of that attitudinal change with the Cubs. Uh, Lackey was a big part of it. David Ross was a big part of it and remains a big part of it. The Cubs have got to figure out how to enjoy playing baseball again. Uh, Jeff Meyer, the assistant coach for Butler basketball, retired. <clears throat> and not just an assistant coach for Butler. He's one of the very, very few guys, maybe the only guy ever to be an assistant at Purdue. He was an assistant on Lee Rose's team in 1980 that went to the Final Four. He was an assistant on Kelvin Sampson's teams at, uh, at Indiana in 2006 through 2008. He also assisted Dan Dockich at Indiana. Uh, he assisted Laval Jordan at Butler. He graduated from Taylor University, Indiana basketball through and through. Jeff Meyer, one of the really good dudes in college basketball. I, I had a conversation with him that I posted yesterday when I read David Wood's piece uh, at IndyStar.com about Jeff Meyer and his retirement at the age of 66. And, um, uh, you know, it, 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 that conversation was just really kind of special to me. Because what, what permeated every bit of what Jeff Meyer had to say was his love for the game and his love for kids. And it, his love for instilling values through basketball that would, would travel with these kids for their lifetimes. And um, it, it was just a pleasure. It, 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 sometimes you interview people and you think, well, you know what, um, how do I figure out a way to like this person? Because for me to interview somebody, i got to figure out how to like them. If I can't like them, then I can't interview them. There are people that I never had on my radio show. And the reason is, I just don't like them. And, and if I don't like them, and I try to like people. So it's not like I'm looking for reasons not to like them. But with Jeff, it was so easy and so simple. And, and he was so honest and, and seemed exactly like the kind of guy that parents would want their kids around. As, as they, you know, moved on to college and, and played college basketball. Jeff Meyer, a really, really good dude. Uh, he's going to be missed at Butler University. Uh, the NBA, they're still trying to negotiate a start date. They keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, they've got until Friday to figure this out, and, and it's going to get figured out, I think, to the NBA's liking because money's at stake. And where money's at stake, people tend to climb on board and uh, go ahead and accommodate the wishes of the league, right? If they start on December 22nd, they get X amount of dollars. If they start on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, they get that amount of money, probably minus a million, uh, um, minus a billion in basketball-related revenue. Half of that would uh, trickle down to the players. So that's about a million dollar a piece ding on average for NBA players if they start on Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day as opposed to three days before Christmas. What do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to pass on a million bucks? Would you? I would not. And if they do pass on a million bucks, what does that communicate to the rest of us? What does that communicate to fans? It communicates that they don't like playing basketball, even for a million dollars. They don't want to play basketball. We want to watch people, when we choose to spend our discretionary income 
to watch others cavort about, whether it's on the gridiron or the basketball court or the diamond or the rink or the pitch. It is about watching people do what they really enjoy. And if they don't enjoy it, we're not going to buy into it. The NBA has an imaging problem. They got a lot of problems. There are a variety of reasons why TV ratings dropped in the bubble. Some of it was seasonal. Some of it was political. Some of it is that we're not sure these guys really enjoy playing basketball. And if they choose not to begin playing on December 22nd, we are going to be left with no option but to infer that they would rather sit and play video games or record albums or get out in the community and, and do work. I mean, there, there's a lot of that going on too. Then play basketball. And if we're in a position where we have to choose whether we're going to pay to watch people do what they love to do or what they would rather really not do, what are we going to spend money on, right? The NBA's got an, in uh, an imaging problem that it's got to address. We'll see. Uh, and, and the Pacers still looking to fill their staff. Hopefully that gets done soon. Nate Bjorkman trying to figure out who he wants to surround himself with. My advice to him would be pick guys you can absolutely trust. Got to have people around you you can trust and people who are going to help you develop basketball players uh, with the Pacers because development has been one area where the Pacers have been a little bit lacking. You look at guys like Ogo Batadza, you, you look at uh, TJ Leaf, you look at a guy like Ike Anabogu, even though he's no longer with the team, Alizé Johnson, yeah, Edmund Sumner, you got guys who really haven't developed at a high level. So either they were mistakes from a draft perspective or the Pacers haven't figured out how to get those guys good. One way or another, you got to figure that out. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we, on this cold Although it's not going to be cold long. Going to be in the 60s today. We got 70s coming up. This is November. We love Novembers where we got days in the 70s because that kicks the can down the road for us from a weather perspective and makes the winter seem shorter because days in the 70s seem like kind of late September, early October. So we trick ourselves into thinking, hey, you know what? It's not winter time. It's kind of the fall. How about that? Because we're idiots. Uh, Sean Stevens, happy birthday. Charlie Palma, ha or Sherry Palma, my, uh, my fault. Happy birthday. Uh, Todd Bonecutter, happy birthday. Evan McCoskey, happy birthday. The great Emac, happy birthday. Uh, Carla Becker, Greg Cooper, the, Greg, the great Greg Cooper. He was our real estate agent for this house. Can you believe that? Uh, Greg Cooper. Mike Hen, the great Mike Hen. Ken Dishner, the great Chuck Crabb. Celebrating a, a birthday, the PA voice of the Indiana Hoosiers for all these years. And pr please drive carefully. That's my Chuck Crab. Alex Tuttle, uh, Michelle Gibson, happy birthday. Alan Persifield, happy birthday. And Jeff Marone, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the passing of Julie Murphy. Uh, a high school classmate who is absolutely fantastic in every way. Uh, when we had a reunion a month ago, I hoped to see her. I found out at that point that she was sick and, and likely not to recover. And, and that was just a horrible blow. Um, she was 
incredibly funny and smart and and decent and she never spent a moment on this planet not being exactly who she was and for that reason she is uh, beloved among her classmates she was my co-treasurer i was her co-treasurer whatever in in the student council in uh in our senior year of high school we tied in the election and Julie did all the work, and uh, I'm not really sure what I did, but she was cool with it. I was cool with it. What the hell? Um, but Julie's going to be missed. One, one of those very special people that we all went to high school with, right, who seemed to be born 40. She didn't go through the ordinary travails of trying to figure out who she was. She always knew who she was. We'll talk to you a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, inside Indiana Sports Now. Going to talk more uh, about the Indianapolis Colts and more about pressure. We talked about that yesterday. I think it's important. Also, talk about the great Jeff Meyer.